Sedano and LZ with you here. Don't forget, streaming September 4th, Disney's new movie, Mulan. Experience the legend of Mulan as she fights to defend her family and the kingdom. Available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock their premiere access. Uh, it is time for the Mac Show. Mark Anthony K joins us here now, of course, of the LAFC. And so much to talk to him about uh, because it has been a wild week in the world of sports and beyond, obviously. Uh, because this all starts beyond the world of sports. It starts with real life and uh, sports is a reward, and it feels like society wasn't deserving of that particular reward. And I think athletes did the right thing in taking that upon themselves and understanding that as well. Uh, but before we get to the serious stuff, Mac, you were listening to the discussion I believe we were having. Now, you are an athlete. You are a well-oiled machine out there. You have to run all over this soccer field for 90 minutes every game. Is there a... Uh, Adult beverage of choice that may have gone wrong at some point in your life, Mac. Tell the truth, same the devil. Yeah, man, for sure there was, and I could remember the moment exactly. I think I was, I think I was in grade nine at the time. Uh, it was uh, gin. Ooh. First time ever having gin. Um, it seemed like the effect. It didn't hit me right away, and. The taste was really peculiar, but I was all about it. And the next thing you know, I was in a friend's car getting dropped off at my mom's house, and she was uh, very disappointed, let's say. So <laughs> that was uh, definitely the first time I, I realized that it takes real responsibility to drink these uh, adult beverages. Yeah, no doubt, I'm sure. So are you anti-gin now because of it? Or are you still, I mean, where are we with that? I'm not anti-gin. I'm not anti-gin, but I try to stay away from white liquor. Okay. Fair enough. So you're racist. Uh, it, yeah. Okay. You're, you're racist. Will you stop that? <laughs> you're, you're licorist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it is National Red Wine Day, though. LZ and I have had a lot of conversations about red wine today. Is there a red wine of choice uh, for, for you, Mac? Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Black Stallion. It's actually from, uh, I think it's somewhere up north in California. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a cab. And I had it one time at a restaurant, and since then it's been my, my go-to one. You know, it's obviously a little pricey sometimes, so we don't have it in the house all, all of the weeks, but uh, that's definitely the one for me, Black Stallion, yeah. There you go. All right. Mark, my friend. Yep. Got some concerns. Uh, now, I know that this has not been a typical season for anyone in any sport, but the team has nine points. They're currently mm -hmm. sitting one, two, three, four in fifth place. Correct. What's going on, bruh? What's going on? Yeah, we've obviously, based off of the last couple of years, we've set the bar very high for us ourselves so you know obviously we're we're not at the the standard that we want to be when it comes to picking up points and seeing the results of that in the standings right now but um you know we know how good of a team we are we know what we're capable of doing and sometimes you know teams go on stretches to be honest we've only lost you know we lost a game to the galaxy we lost in orlando in a penalty shootout and then we lost to Leon in uh, Champions League. So realistically, it was a long time since the last loss. Um, and, you know, we just understand that sometimes there's ups and downs in football, but we have to 
remember what got us to this point and just continue to work on uh, developing our, our style and our, our ideology at the club. Yeah, and of course, Sunday night's contest against the Seattle Sounders is the fifth regular season meeting between the two sides. Uh, the LAFC undefeated in this series thus far, 3-0-1, mm-hmm. the regular season record against them. Um, but before we get to that particular match, uh, your match was postponed against Real Salt Lake on Wednesday night mm-hmm. in support of, of everything that has been going on. And I guess if you could take us behind the scenes, right, and, and how all that came about. Yeah, well, first off, once we got to RSL or got to, you know, Salt Lake City, we're in the hotel, we're just uh, chilling in our rooms for a bit before we had pregame meal. And, you know, uh, we started to get wind of what was happening within the NBA bubble and that they were boycotting uh, games, right? And um, so, you know, I'm in a group with a bunch of the other leaders for Black Players for Change for each team in the MLS, and we start discussing how would it be possible for us to do something like this, you know? And the first thing was people getting on board and having, you know, good communication about it. Um, Unfortunately, we got all the games to be boycotted except for one, and that was due to lack of, of... the time was against Nashville and Orlando. Um, so we had to make a decision with the other clubs. And, you know, I was talking to Anua from RSL, and we both felt very strong on our, the position we could take. And we allowed our teammates to know what the situation was and that we would respect any decision they wanted to, to go with, right? So um, I had told my players that there was a possibility that we were going to boycott the game. And then when I got on the bus, I told all of them that I don't think I'm going to play this game. That's my decision. Um, whether or not other teams boycott, I don't care about that. But I have the opportunity to, you know, take a stance for this. So I was amazed at the reaction from everyone, um, you know. And for one person I can, you know, quote is like Diego. And he says, if you don't play, we don't play. And that meant a lot to me to see their support and their understanding of what's going on. And we made the decision very quickly and swiftly went to, to Bob and John and let them know where the team was and they supported us. And just like that, uh, we were not playing the game. We, I believe we were the first team first game to say we weren't going to play. Obviously we didn't even get up to match time, but we had decided between us and RSL that we were not going to play before Orlando and Nashville even got on the field. And everyone uh, within MLS was certainly not on board with this decision, particularly the owner for the Real Salt Lake team. Um, I'm assuming you know his comments. Um, How do the the Black Players Coalition plan on navigating these waters now that it's very evident that every owner won't be supportive of some of the things that you decide to do? Yeah, we understand that it's not going to be easy, but we're calling for real change and we're going to hold people accountable. And if people are not, are that blatantly obvious where they stand and want to come out and say things like that, then they'll be reprimanded for it. So for us, the next step is talking to the owners and demanding a commitment from them. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be easy, obviously, LZ, but nothing, we don't think anything is going to come easy after this. And we're okay with that. We're okay with that. We're going to fight hard for it. And if they want to keep their standing within their club and they want to have, you know, 
good publicity around what's going on and really try to to to, to help you know facilitate change rather than than just making a statement, then they're going to have to listen to us and really try and understand where we're coming from. Mark Anthony Kay of the LAFC joining us here. It's the Mac Show on Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. Um, we did men- mention the game that is upcoming against Seattle. Um, you guys have had success against them. What do you attribute that success to, Mac? Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, we know how good of a team Seattle is, and they're very, they have some very dangerous players up top. So, um, yeah, we've been really good, like you said, when we've met them other than the playoff game to really try and push the tempo of the game and, and really impose our way on them. And, you know, Seattle is a, a team that you, you can't take lightly. So we know that this game is going to be another tough one, and especially considering what happened in our last game, we want to show that, we are still capable of being the team that everyone knows we are. So uh, it'll be an exciting match for sure. And obviously we need to respect their strengths, but we also need to understand what our strengths are and go for it. Has there been any talks at all about maybe having a small number of fans being able to watch you guys play? Or is that nothing, anything that you've been privy of, of hearing? Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Okay. You miss you miss us? <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> I just want to hear it, George. That's you know, you I'm, I'm That's thirsty. I just want to hear it. You're a, you're a little boy. You don't dream about playing in empty stadiums, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we miss everyone. We miss everyone. Now, the biggest story in soccer is obviously Lionel Messi and everything that's transpired mm-hmm. there in Barcelona and the yeah. discussion about whether this – uh, transfer clause matters or not. Basically, he's yeah. arguing for people that don't know. Um, Messi yeah. wants out. Um, he's had an issue with the uh, with the, the manager, the club coach there, and they Messi wants out. They're saying that he needed to do it by July first, I believe. Um, but he's saying that's yeah. an off season clause, so it shouldn't matter, and that he should be free to transfer wherever he wants. Um, this is a monster story internationally in the world of sports. Uh, this doesn't happen of a player of this caliber. You're talking about one of the greatest players on the planet. Uh, how surprised yeah. are you at what is transpiring with him? I'm not surprised that he wants to leave. Um, you know, he, he's given his whole life to that club. I am surprised that they're trying to fight him on it and not let him go for free. When a guy like that asks to leave you have to think of everything he's done to keep your club relevant, you know, throughout history. Since he's came in, it's been his team. If you really look at everyone who's come in and out, the only constant factor in that team was him. So now that he wants to leave, you need to honor his legacy with goodwill and allow him to, you know, enter the next chapter of his life. So I, I'm, as a player, I'm behind him 100%. Who knows, in 20 years, if I'm a GM, maybe my position changes a little bit, you know? But as of right now, the way I see it, you know, I'm in full support of him. He's done so much for the world of football that you have to let a guy like this leave. And I think holding him to that July 1st date, like, there was a pandemic. Like, the, the league was, like, postponed, right? Right. So you guys have to understand. If it's happened in normal situations, he's telling you May, May 20th that he's leaving. You know what I mean? So um, I think they need to factor in everything that's going on and also factor in his contributions over his whole career there. Now, the are, assumption- you, are you are you are you saying that because you know that 
George and I want to start a GoFundMe account to, <laughs> to bring him to LAFC, or are you saying that because you really believe it? No, I really believe it, and I didn't even know about the GoFundMe account, but hey, let's, how can I push that? <laughs> let's go, right? I mean, if you can get him. I don't necessarily think MLS is in, his, in the cards just yet for him, but I do believe no, that, that, no. I do believe that eventually that – yeah, I do believe yeah, eventually that could be the case, maybe in like four years. Um, but, yeah, yeah. but, but I okay. It, it, you know, since the GoFundMe may not work, um, if you had your choice, if you were him, where would you go next? If I was him, I'd reunite with Pep. You know, I think uh, they've both probably had their best memorable moments as player and coach working together. And I think the whole world wants to see Messi in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Uh, we've always had those critics who say, yeah, but can he do it in the Premier League? Can he do it on a cold, rainy night at Stoke? You know, so it'd be exciting. It'd be really exciting to see him suit up in the Premier League and really play in the best league ever. You know what I mean? And see what he can do. Because we all know what he's capable of doing, but we still want him to prove it to us. So going back to drinking, I, I'm just I'm, I'm just curious. Well, they drink a, a lot in England, you know, where he wants to send Messi to yeah. in Manchester City. So this perf this works out perfectly. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just curious. Like during the season, are you someone mm -hmm. who just avoids alcohol altogether? And oh, you that's drinking like water and and like vegan milk and stuff, or are you <laughs> vegan milk? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Almond milk or whatever. Are, are you the kind of person who, who yeah. doesn't, you know, who doesn't pause? Yeah, usually during preseason, I will not drink at all um, to try and get my body in the best possible working shape. Um, then during the season, you know, I don't think having a drink here and there, especially on after games, uh, hurts. I think it's sometimes important to have a glass of wine just kind of relaxed and you know you you know all the studies saying that a glass of wine is healthy for you so um yeah i'm definitely a, a player who probably has a drink maybe once a week you know nice good for you yeah well nba players drink a lot the, the, there's like a red wine club yeah. now in the nba yeah. like cj mccollum with the blazers <laughs> was setting his room temperature to 55 to chill the wine at the perfect temperature it was insane <laughs> yeah, they're 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 a little bit more uh, advanced than us when it comes to that. But who knows what happens across the pond? So right, right, right. Um, well, Mac, thank you so much. Best of luck against Seattle, and we will talk to you again next week, man. Stay healthy, stay safe. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks, sir. There he is, uh, the Mac Show. Yeah, I I couldn't be a soccer player. Why? Because it's only once a week. Once a week? Come on, dog. Yeah. You know me. I just showed you the picture. I know. You, know you just showed survive. me actual roach clips. I didn't want to believe you, LZ, but now I've seen it, and it's just like I, I'm still digesting this. Like, I don't even – I I mean, I guess. You know, you can take the boy out of Detroit, but you can't take Detroit out of the boy. I ain't trying to get him out. <laughs> I, I don't you – know, you know, that's the thing. Like, I'm unapologetically ghetto. It's just I know how to code switch. That's all. Yeah. But when I'm in my when I'm in my bag, you know, it's just it is, it is what it is, man. Collard greens and roach clips.
I will tell you a funny story that my wife says about me uh, in regards to something like that um, in just a few minutes. We'll take we'll take a quick break for a minute, and we will come back in about 60 seconds. And also, you and I uh, will talk about the Pac-12, maybe talking about playing football again. What? So we'll get Yep, we'll get to that in literally a minute. Yeah, yeah, Sedano and LZ with you here on National Red Wine Day. We are... Uh, well, we got we to gotta talk to Scotty Cap. So we are 35 minutes, LZ, away from uh, partaking in National Red Wine Day. I'm just letting you know. Are we not supposed to start yet? Not yet. And although, I didn't. Although I you, you and I and, and Key <laughs> did, did finish a whole bottle of tequila on the air in the studio one day. We did. And I don't think anyone noticed. At least that's what the voices in my head keep telling me. I don't know. Greg, did you hear that show? Nah, I don't remember that show. Yeah, well, it was I don't my last day on the morning that. show before I went to the afternoons. We drank a whole bottle of uh, Casamigos Reposado on the air. Oh, yeah. the nice. That's a good bottle. Yeah, we got it in, dog. We were sweating and stuff. Oh, we were sweating. <laughs> there was no question. <laughs> we were sweating. But we didn't slur. I, I, We kept it together. I do I remember we that. Did. I yeah. thought we did keep it together. Yeah, but I, I do like remember sweating after the first couple of shots like we were like yeah, like a yeah, you know yeah i have some phrases to say but i'm not gonna say any of them just just we were sweating <laughs> we Put were sweating yes laura yes. what happened there? i think we, i need we, some cover i need i think i need some confirmation from chris about all this i don't know if you chris was had chris was there too i think yeah i'm pretty sure raj was definitely there oh yeah until he hit the floor Right. Um, <laughs> Laura, what did you say? I said I hate COVID more now because you guys had like a drinking day after your show. We ended our After the show? Well, during, during the, the show. show. During, during. Okay, I was trying to make y'all sound. At <laughs> six in the morning. No, but people who listen know what happened. <laughs> okay, during the show. And we let we went from what? Midday to afternoon. We didn't get no drinking. I know we didn't. Nothing. We didn't. But whenever COVID. COVID is over, we could have a red wine tasting. Okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah, so am I. Yeah, we could do something like that. Um, so anyway, uh, maybe we could do that. We could do that as like a uh, some sort of like fan thing too. Maybe they somebody wants to uh, like we can win them their way in, or is that or is that against the rules, we, Greg? I don't know. No, I don't know no. I mean, we can. We have to. I'll talk to Tommy about it. But yeah, we could. Maybe we. Well, could I mean, like we got a long, we got a while. While. COVID ain't gonna be over anytime yeah. soon. So we we got a minute. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. We'll, you don't we'll have figure rush. it all out. We got some time. Uh, but either way, uh, real quick, LZ, before I get to the Pac-12 maybe playing football again, uh, I wanted to tell the story. So you were saying about, you know, taking the boy out. Of, you can't take the boy out of Detroit or whatever. Or you can take the boy out of Detroit, but not the Detroit out of the boy. Same thing happens to me. My wife says, Laura will appreciate this. Uh, my wife says that anytime I get on the phone with my friends from Miami, my other Hispanic friends, that mm -hmm. I have a completely different tone of conversation than I do when I normally talk to anyone oh, else. Oh, wow. Is this true, George? It is. Well, and I had fully admit it because there is just – there's a lot of slang. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of laughing. There's a lot of – you know, there, there's just cursing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Laura, you can appreciate this, yes? Oh, when I was laughing when you said that. I was like, that is so true, man. My, yeah. my mom tells me that all the time. She goes, what are you doing with your voice? 
I'm like, nothing. That's how we talk. <laughs> Code switching. Yeah, you know, you'd switch the tone when you're with, with yeah. the folks you're comfortable with. You know, remember, speaking of the morning show, we always used to say this about, you know, uh, with you, me, and Key back in the day was, you know, Keyshawn said he could always turn it on and be like, hello, how you doing? I'm Keyshawn Johnson. Nice to meet you. So, yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm all, wearing- all th- all three, all of us around, every once, you know, every once in a while, all of us around here can uh, can revert back to uh, some of our earlier days, and the, uh, the the tone and the language can revert. Yes. And as you guys recently saw, my earlier days, also my present days. Yeah, that is true. We did that. That is the whole. Re- that we just brought it full circle back. I Nelson. brought it full circle. Yeah. Uh, speaking of going back full circle, uh, it looks like college football might happen even in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Um, so. The Big Ten is talking about playing on thanks beginning in Thanksgiving. Um, I I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if you're going to play on Thanksgiving and the whole point was to avoid the fall and the winter, why are you starting on Thanksgiving? I think this is a situation where you're beginning to see significant pushback not from, you know, sponsors or networks necessarily, but students. And parents. And parents. And because of that, that gives a certain amount of cover to these universities to have these games. You know, earlier, it looked as if it were coaches and administrators trying to push the restart of football, and they were risking the lives or very much the health of the young players. But if you have the players willing to sue, willing to rally together and and have a petition signed, parents saying, you know, we want to play. Now, all of a sudden, if you're a college administrator, if you're a conference president, you can say to yourself, well, you know, we're not making these kids go out there. They want to do it. So absolutely, they're going to reevaluate. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the Pac-12 has a plan for a six-game football season starting in the winter, according to sources. That's uh, That was reported today by the Bruin Report online, uh, which I'm sure Greg is a big subscriber to. Uh, the schedule will consist of five conference games and then hopefully a six-game against a Big Ten opponent that might potentially include an interconference game, a Rose Bowl-like championship. The season would start February 6th and run through March 13th with no bye weeks, according to this story. Um, I guess that's a little better, right? In theory, because you're kind of close, you know, March is the spring, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Technically, big, I guess. yeah, the big 10 one is the one that's very strange to me. Yeah, it, it is very strange, but you can't play football <laughs> March, February 6th through March 13th in big 10 country. Right. <laughs> you know, not without a shovel. Right. So, yeah. So I, I'm assuming that has a lot to do with the dates as well. You know, yeah. trying to squeeze in as many as possible before the inclement weather makes it almost impossible to play. Right. Now, yeah, because fe- January and February are rough uh, for sure. Um, you know, and March sometimes too. But I mean, isn't that what Big Ten football is? Three yards and a cloud of dust and a bunch of snow? Not if you're Ohio State. And not if you're Jim Harbaugh's true. mouth. Right. His mouth plays like he's throwing the football over the place. The team is crap, but he, Jim Harbaugh talks like they're throwing it around. Yes. Uh, let me ask Greg, Bruin boy over there, in a six-game uh, <laughs> in a six-game season, how many does UCLA lose? 
<laughs> How many do they lose? They're going to go 6-0, and George. I don't oh, know what you're stop. talking about. Get out oh, Jesus. Come on. We're trying to have a factual show here. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, factual. Can yeah, they no, go 3-3? and three and probably, three. I think they go can go 3-3. Three three. They're going to be 2-4. No, they, they can go. Th- they, they're starting to move forward. They're starting to get a little bit better. 3-3 three and three sounds plausible. I say plausible four. on purpose. Is, is, be- is, is Chip Kelly, like, you think, like, this is it for him? If he doesn't get it done here, then yeah, it's got to be done for him, right? I mean, you failed after after leaving college. You failed everywhere else in San Francisco, in Philadelphia. He had that one good in, season in Philly, and then I was going to say he didn't fail in Philly. He yeah, just, it was the first year. Yeah, I thought the first two years he finished ten and six in both years. I want to. I know the first one he definitely did. Yeah. Hold on, I can. Then he got rid of Lashawn McCoy, and then he got rid of Deshaun Jackson, and then he got rid of everybody else. All the skill players. No, on that LZ team, was right. He was ten and six the first two years, six and nine. Uh, then got fired um, before the last game, and then uh, two and fourteen the one year with the Niners. Yeah, he never right. really recovered from. The whole, you know, signing the extension of what is Race's boy's name again? Oh, the wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Riley uh, Cooper. Riley, Riley Cooper. Cooper. Racist yeah. Riley Cooper. There's yeah. a nickname for you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like it would be a like terrible a wrestling wrestler. Name? Exactly. Yeah, ter- yeah, terrible wrestling name. Yeah, yeah don't Ray don't lean into that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something you would have seen in like the 70s in wrestling. (laughs) Because wrestling, let's be real here, wrestling plays into the most stereotypical tropes that there are, especially in the 70s and 80s. They absolutely did. Absolutely, absolutely. So I I don't think Chip's image ever really recovered from that and the way he handled the trades of some of the black players at the same time. You know what? Because we got a break here. I do want to get to the USC portion of this because that could be fascinating too. We'll do that. Uh, plus, we'll take a look at the weekend's games. LZ and I will give you one more look at the NBA, which is starting tomorrow. And don't forget, uh, coverage begins at 4 o'clock for Lakers-Blazers uh, game number five. Oh, yeah. Weekend's almost here, LZ. Feels good. I would agree. You know, it's, it's, I mean, think about just everything that – Sports fans and athletes went through this week, and it all culminates with Jackie Robinson's celebration, the celebration of the March on Washington, the return of sports, and actual movement in terms of what the athletes wanted to accomplish, all within a week. It was a wild week, right? There's no other way to describe it. Um, there was a – it was tumultuous, right? Up, down, roller coaster ride. Uh, it, it really was that. Like, it is – it's wild. Um, and you forgot, of course, it also culminates with National Red Wine Day for you and me. Well, well I mean, that goes without saying. Though I'll be honest with you, hmm. every day is really National Wine Day for me. Well, not – is, is, do, do, do you do red, though, every day? I, I do wine every, every day. Yeah, but not every, red necessarily. Not necessarily red. I do the nay. We've talked about this in the, the past. The nay. I, that is true. You I don't do. love the nay. I forgot that you call it that. Never That's forget funny. the nay, baby. <laughs> Never forget the nay. It's so refreshing. I'm going to get a glass as soon as I get done. Yeah. I'm with you. I like a little nay every once in a while. As I told you, I had it earlier this week because it was a rough day on Wednesday. So it was uh, the nay was necessary. Uh, hey, real quick, before we get into USC, and by the way, Mike Bone is going to join the uh, Scott Kaplan show 
Cap is going to have Mike Bone at 7.30, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Streaming September 4th, Disney's new movie, Mulan. Experience the legend of Mulan as she fights to defend her family in the kingdom. Of course, it's available on Disney Plus to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock their premiere access. Uh, so, speaking of which, you know, we were talking about UCLA because Greg is a, you know, a Bruin boy. But uh, USC, like, you know, our boy Clay... And I like Clay, and I'm sure you do too. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's hard not to like Clay, right? He's, he's a good guy. He really is. And it's like, man, you know, these are some tough circumstances, some tough times. And But do you believe that there is some pressure on him this season despite the circumstances? Absolutely not. Who's going to put – Pressure on any coach in this circumstance. Oh, I think in the NFL, I mean, you're saying in college. Because I think in the NFL, yeah. guys will get fired. No, no, in college, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in college. Like, who is looking at this and saying, ah, you're four and two. We expect you to be undefeated. You're out. Or, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't do what exactly? Right. Like, this is basically a season to try to salvage some revenue maybe showcase some students who, you know, desperately need to show that they were better than the season before and, you know, give fans some entertainment. This, that's it. This isn't about building any sort of resume for any program. So Greg apparently wants to weigh in, but we need to make sure that we table this uh, for a second and just let people know Greg loves UCLA. So I just want to preface whatever he comes out of his mouth. Oh, please. By mentioning that. Go ahead, Greg. Say what you want to say. I don't I don't care what the situation that we're in is. Clay Helton at USC has not done what he's needed to do. So if he goes four and two, if he loses two games in this, doesn't matter what's happening. He's fired. You can't have a you can't Who's have a bad firing? record. A, a four and two head coach in a season ravaged by a pandemic. Yeah, I don't buy it. Boycotts. USC fans will go nuts. Are you kidding? It doesn't. It doesn't even matter. What, what has Clay fans, Helton? They're done? not even playing for a championship, Greg. They can't. No. Well, no, I know, but they still are. If they don't go to what it was going to be, whatever their Rose Bowl type game is with big, with the Big Ten, the people are going to be upset. Like this is still college football. This is still USC. They're still going to want them Listen. to be a, a top team. If they go four and two, we're not talking about this. If they go three and three, we got ourselves a topic. Right. If he goes zero and six, then, then hell yeah, yeah he's fired. Yeah, then, right. Yeah. That's different. Yes. But for uh, a winning four record, and two. Come yeah. on, Greg. A, in six Don't games. Don't be all light blue yeah. and white. Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with it. They are supposed to be. It's the actually, top there's of gold the in there, too. There is gold in there. There is. There's there's definitely gold. Is gold in there. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But I, this this is something I don't. I'm surprised that Clay Helton is still the coach right now. So if they don't do if they don't make it to that Big Ten Pac twelve championship game, then yes, I do think he's fired. And we can put we can do so, whatever you want. We can put a bottle uh, of wine uh, on it if you want. Oh, look at you getting all oh. uh, putting your chest out there uh, all of a sudden. Oh yeah. I was gonna offer up one of my roach clips, but if you want to do a bottle of wine, <laughs> we can do that too. You know, you know, LZ, you know, you know, he may occasionally still have the Detroit in him, but you know, if you're putting a bottle of wine in a bet, that ain't gonna be a Detroit bottle of wine, is all I'm saying. A Detroit LZ <laughs> bottle of wine. That's going to be an L.A. LZ bottle of wine. It's going to be a Michael Thompson bottle of wine style, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to put it on layaway, brother. (laughs) Um, LZ. Yeah, that's true. There are 65 Power 5 schools, okay, in the ACC, Mm -hmm. Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, plus Notre Dame. Over-under on coaches that you think get fired during a pandemic. 
<laughs> oh man. Set like a line that you think is is reasonable. All right, how many how many programs are we talking here? Because I think because I think Greg is on to something into some regard. College football fans Ooh. are crazy, but but I think I think the the, the conferences that are going to play full schedules like the ACC, Big Twelve, and SEC, there will be coaches fired there for sure. Uh, who? Whoever's who's going to who's going to rally enough people together? Okay, to want to fire a okay. coach in the I'll midst of a global pandemic. Uh, I will tell you who. The programs that are the like legacy programs that their fans are unreasonable. And that would be like, for example, Texas, right? Like if you are Tom Herman, who I like, by the way. I actually like Tom Herman. Um, I've met him when I worked in Bristol. Very kind to me. Um, I could see Texas fans being as irrational as Greg pointed out. That's crazy. You don't, so you don't think anybody gets fired in a pandemic? I just, I, it's just so hard for me to believe with everything that's going on, global protests, global pandemic, a wrecked economy globally, uh, desperation for a vaccination, on a, on a general election for the new president or the same president, and then there's still going to be people with enough bandwidth to go, yeah, you were three and three. We want you out. <laughs> like I just, like it's I, just like I if, if that's true, if that's true, then we don't need to abbreviate the words fanatics anymore. We need to start speaking completely and just say fanatics and not just fans. Right? That to me is insane, George. I mean, I'm with you, but I also know college football fans are crazy. <laughs> that would just be wild. Yeah, like it, again, yeah. if Clay Helton goes zero and six or one and five or something like that. Then yeah, you could fire him, and I don't think anyone, even himself and his family, would be shocked by that. Right. But three and three, four and two, with everything going on, come on. Yeah, yeah. By the way, so baseball news uh, looks like it is likely that two bubbles for the postseason, uh, as Jeff Passan reported earlier today. Uh, one league likely in Texas, um, in Houston, and perhaps in Arlington as well. They could have the two sites there, um, you know, not necessarily that close, but they could mm -hmm. they could get back and forth fairly easily. Um, the other likely in the L.A., Anaheim, and San Diego area. So there will be one pod apparently here during the postseason. So there you have it. That's good. That's good. That's good, that's good at being proactive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It looks like Houston will be one pod, and then the Southern California – Area will be another pot and a World Series at the new park in Arlington, Texas. That's what yeah. We're not doing any Houston pods, all yeah. right? Yeah, Manfred, you just don't get it at the leadership level. You just don't get it. Yeah. No one's trying to have no pods and no cheating Houston Astro Town. Yeah, well, he is. He's getting. He's getting them there. Ugh. Yeah, but you know the Dodgers will be here. So you know, there's that. There's that. Speaking of the Dodgers, they're down two nil. Bottom of the six with two outs, man on first. And speaking of the Dodgers, mm -hmm. uh, before we take a break for uh, crosstalk with Scott Kaplan, again, who will have Mike Bone on at 730 today, the AD of USC. Uh, you and I played this earlier, and I think it's worth playing again because it is Jackie Robinson Day. And Mookie Betts of your Los Angeles Dodgers uh, did an essay in honor of Jackie Robinson Day, and here it is. The most luxurious possession, the richest treasure anybody has, is his personal dignity. 
If I had a room jammed with trophies, awards, and citations, and a child of mine came into the room and asked what I had done in defense of those fighting, and I had to tell that child I had kept quiet, that I had been timid, I would have to mark myself a total failure in the whole business of living. I cannot say I haven't made while our country drives full speed ahead to a deeper rift between men and women of varying colors, speeds along a course towards more and more racism. Life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life in the grandstand just watching what goes on, in my opinion, you're wasting your life. Until every child can have an equal opportunity in youth and manhood, until hunger is not only immoral but illegal, until hatred is recognized as a disease, a scourge, an epidemic, and treated as such, until racism and sexism are conquered, until that day Jackie Robinson and no one else can say he hasn't made. There's not an American in this country free until every one of us is free. Yo, yo, Crosstalk, Sedano and LZ, Scott Kaplan, who have Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC, tonight at 7.30, so 30 minutes from now. Uh, Cap, I know you wanted to say something to LZ, so just get right to it. What was it? LZ, you crack me up, man. For real. Like, what did from, I do? From the beginning of my day till just now, you just kill me, dog. Seriously. It started this morning on CNN. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. I saw that, LZ. You have oh to understand it was early. Oh, dude, it cracked me up. It cracked me up. And then even till like the very end tonight, talking about how you're still, and I love this phrase, roach clipping. Yeah. Oh, and George, George, <laughs> I'm with you, man. George, I would have been like, no, you're not. I need to see that. And, and apparently everybody got to see the ashtray. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I have it in yeah. front of me right now. I'm looking at it as we speak. I swear to you, Cap, there's three of them that's still good. They got at least two puffs left in them. <laughs> two puffs. At least puffs. three of them. <laughs> I just I'm looking the at it. There's de okay, there's definitely one that has. Oh, I see the other one kind of hiding under the other one. Yeah, yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah they still good. They still, you I just, get, all I have you to know do what? You may be able to get at least a puff or two out of each of these. Yeah, yeah. all Maybe. I got to do is use a little Vaseline in my lips so I don't burn them, and I'm good. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that is that is really that is what is known as keeping it real right there. Yeah. You know, like yeah, like I yeah. could I could toss this. I yeah. don't need these last two puffs, but no, nah, that's not the way I roll. No, nah, dog. Yeah. Oh, just, man. just don't burn your eyebrows. Don't singe your eyebrows. Be careful with that when you <laughs> It's not the eyebrows gotta worry about, it's the it's the locks, man. Oh the they locks, fall, that's true. Yeah. They fall forward. It's a, it's a hazard. That's yeah. why Snoops are always pulled back now. He doesn't have to flow anymore. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I was in a restaurant the other night, outdoors, just so you know, wearing a mask, yes. Yes, yes. And um, I decided to order a beer. And um, the waitress said, well, what, server, sorry, who said, um, what kind of beer would you like? And I said, you know, I've been seeing Snoop on a lot of Corona commercials. You know what? Give me a Corona. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and, and I don't know why, but like when I think of Snoop, I should be thinking of gin and juice. But right. instead, now I'm thinking Corona. Well, it's funny you say that because when I saw that commercial the other day, I was like, it is amazing to me that the guy who was singing about gin and juice it is now arguably, outside of Shaq, the greatest pitch man we have in America at the moment. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he's it, awesome. It's incredible. 
Like How if you would have told right? me, you would have told me in 1992, okay, that Snoop Dogg in 2020 would be arguably the greatest pitch man in America, I would have laughed you out of the room. And well, it was after he was in that remake of uh, Starsky and Hutch, and he was willing to make fun of himself. Yeah, that's when you kind of knew. Okay, this guy isn't just a rapper, though. Being just a rapper is perfectly fine, but he's an artist, and he yeah. gets it, mm-hmm. and he's going to be doing a lot. Yeah, I love him. I sometimes though I've seen him probably two or three times where he's um, Snoop the DJ, and I'm kind of always thinking and hoping that he's going to grab the mic and and give me what I what I really want, but he doesn't. He sits there and he plays on his Mac and he smokes a big fat one and he jams out to himself and he never grabs the mic, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. That is disappointing. It is. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. <laughs> but he's so chill, man. Yeah. So chill. His complex is so amazing. I've had an opportunity to go there a few times. He's just a good dude. Well, I want to hear more about that. Can I hear more about that? When you say complex, I mean, where are we talking? And are you there? Is he there? How'd you get there? I need to know. Well, there's this thing called Uber. You (laughs) jump in it. (laughs) They still have that in Uh, California? Yeah. They still have that, as far as I can tell. No, um, I've been um, uh, a participant of, and I'm sure you know this, the uh, Sports Spectacular fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the last few years, it's a big fundraiser that a lot of athletes and, and sporty sporty people if you will in the area raise funds for uh, cedar sinai and the research that they do and the last few years snoop has graciously opened up his home his complex if you will to host the fundraiser so i've had a chance to hang out with him and uh you know other athletes like mark anthony k who we've had on from lafc uh baker mayfield like a bunch of big name athletes show up to this and snoop's just there holding it down dog just holding it down See, like me, I hold it down. That's what Keyshawn says. My 14-year-old daughter goes crazy. She goes, Dad, tonight, are you on 710? I go, yeah. She goes, you'll be holding it down. I'm like, you, will. you know it. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And then she'll say this to me. Then she'll go like this. She'll go, don't get it twisted, homeboy. I'm like, okay, I won't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh-oh. Speaking of, of, of being a teenager, what is – we had this conversation today. What is your worst – teenage drinking experience and what was it mm. um uh jägermeister oh, oh that's a God. good one that is a good one that is a good gross. one oh gross sweet jesus yeah. yeah have you ever done jägermeister oh yeah yeah no one time i was doing me. it through oh. college basically no that one is time. liquid licorice yeah, yeah one time for me man it was one time and i remember thinking to myself you know the labeling scares me it does the like the like deer head makes me think that like i'm in the middle of the woods and i'm the only jewish guy and i'm like scared of all these people (laughs) with guns you know what i mean yeah and i'm like what's with the deer on the syrup that um, you're making me drink like deer blood (laughs) like i felt like there were guys shooting deer i almost said deers There, there were guys shooting deer and they cut the deer and then they opened it up and they said here drink the blood and i'm like ew i don't want to do that and they're like put it in a bottle yeah and then it's, it's a green <laughs> bottle of deer blood yeah yeah so it's That's funny quite the imagination it's Sorry. funny because in college um in my 20s when i didn't have money in my early 20s i uh you know we and you you will appreciate this cap because you also grew up in south florida like i did so we used to go to an area in Miami called Coconut Grove, which is adjacent to yep. Coral Gables, where the University of Miami is. 
And Coconut Grove was like the spot in like the 80s and 90s and early aughts. For, particularly for young people. Uh, this was like pre, you know, it was like the spot before South Beach became a thing. Oh, way, yeah. So, so we used to go, me and my college buddies, um, we would start off at Wet Willies or Fat Tuesdays, and we would have, <laughs> oh, and we would have those awful sugar frozen drinks, yep. okay, to start the night. Okay, oh, this is we like would, a scene out of Miami Vice right here. Yeah, we would start the night there, and in and then. We would move on to one of the other bars. There used to be a place called Sandbar Grill there that we used to go to all the time. And we um, then we'd start pounding shots and beer. like the re- And it would be Jaeger with my like God. beer. And, and, and man, in my early 20s, I could do that and wake up and be good the next day. If I tried to do anything remotely close to that now, I would be throwing up on the way home that evening already. Dude, you just like, gave me the first 15 minutes of a 30 for 30 about what <laughs> happened to an athlete that was supposed to be something but didn't. And it's like you start listing what you drank, and it's like going, oh, well, that's what happened to the athlete. Every <laughs> Thursday night, that was part of the routine. That's awesome. What yeah, that's if crazy. I told you that a young man was oh. in Coconut Grove? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's just in Coconut Grove, Cap, because I'm looking at our poll here. We put up a poll on the ESPN LA Twitter Twitter handle National Red Wine Day. What's your favorite red wine? Cabernet is leading at forty-five percent still, but Mad Dog Twenty Twenty is holding it down. It is holding at twenty-one percent. It's there. It's number two. A clear number <laughs> two. Clear number two. Number three is Merlot at eighteen percent, and that trash Malbec is at sixteen percent. Are you a, are you a Malbec guy, Kaplan? Be honest. No, I don't even really know what that is. If I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Good. It, it's it's basically hoity-toity Argentinian wine is oh, what it is. No, I don't know about it. But you know what I like? I, if I'm a red wine drinker, I like Pinot Noir. Ooh. And I know that when I say Noir, it makes me sound like I actually kind of think I know how to speak French or know something about wine, but I don't. I don't. I promise it's you Pinot I Noir. But, oh, is that how you say it? It's, it's not Noir. noir. Oh, noir. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, noir. so. So, so I like that because it's it's red and it's sweet, but it's it's not as thick and as heavy. No, correct. As a cab, it's lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am actually gonna. So I, since you like that, I have a uh, a recommendation for you. Please, uh, Siduri Wines. Now there's three different vineyards, but so Siduri Pinot Noir, S I D U R I. But you need to get the one from Willamette Valley, Oregon. Of course, that's the yeah. the where you need to get your yeah. your your Siduri Pinot Noir or Oregon Pinots. Hey, by the way, speaking of food, wine. Yesterday we were talking about chocolate and mint and everything else. Yeah. Um, I talked to PJ Carlissimo last night, and oh my and god, I, right. I said to him, I said, PJ, I said, you know, George Sedano here tells me that I'm supposed to say something to you about you know like how you, anywhere you go in America, you got the restaurant thing wired. And he kind of had this weird thing where he was like, yeah, well, you tell George Sedano that I said, and then he kind of stopped and he's like, well, you know the way I talk off the air, right? I go, yeah. He goes, well, you tell him I said a whole bunch of stuff like that because PJ, <laughs> PJ uses the F word. I use the F word a lot. You know, like, Oh, my God. More than anyone in the world, PJ Cardosimo. It is Nobody amazing. curses more than him. Nope. When I see him, it, the, the, the greeting is, hey, bleeper. <laughs> like that is literally the greeting. I think I love him. <laughs> yeah. He greets right. you like that? Yes. And then it's like and then it's and it's how have you been? Oh, I'm good. How about you? Go bleep yourself. That's literally the response. So <laughs> that's that's what he was trying to, to convey through Scott. Did you say that's a trail? Is that what happened? 
<laughs> I don't know. I've never had that conversation with him because I respect him too much. I, I swear to God, uh, I, on, on, on a stack of Bibles, as many dinners and drinks and nights I've been out with him after games, I've never once asked him that out of respect. Same, same, same. And, and you know what, dude? It's got to happen. In fact, you know how we do it? How? We, we bring P.J. Carlissimo on this crosstalk right here amongst us, and we say to him, listen, in fact, no, better yet, we put LZ up to it. <laughs> Make LZ the bad guy. <laughs> That's not making me the bad guy. I was no. going to say, you guys know I'll ask the damn yeah, question because right. I like, want to know. LZ, LZ be like, yo, you, so you've worked with both of these guys. You guys, guys brag about their pals with you. They go out and eat dinner. But, dude, they've never told me the story about Spreewell. Tell me that story, coach. And we'll be like, me and George will be like sitting on eggs like, oh, no. Like, we didn't have the guts to ask him. And LZ just put it out there. And then we finally get the answers, George. I mean, it was like 20 years ago, right? I know, but it would like, be fun like, to hear. It would be. I, mean, I just have never, I've out of respect, I've never asked him. You think he said something like your lips are chapped or your breath stinks, your hair's not done right or something, something like that? I don't know, but we do know that we need to go because Scott's got to start his show and then talk to Mike Bone at 7.30, the AD of USC. So well. uh, it is National Red Wine Day. LZ and I are hitting the red wine cap. So you enjoy the show. Say hi to Mike Bone for us and have a great show. Will do. Shabbat shalom to both of you gentlemen. All right. Adios. All right. Uh, LZ, excellent work as always, my friend. Yes, sir. Go get uh, it in, George. Go get it in. Finish finish those roaches. Go kill those roaches. Uh, <laughs> thanks to yeah. Laura and Greg and all of you tuned in and called in. Uh, we love you. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday. The Scott Kaplan Show is up next. See you. Have a great weekend.